Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Sid, it feels like forever since we've been sitting in these seats, staring at each other, ready to learn or ready to teach. <laughs> That's true, Justin. It's It has been a while. I had the candle lights up and then you got sick. I did. I did get sick. I feel like I should address that openly. Yes. Don't be ashamed. <laughs> well, I'm not ashamed that I got sick, of course. But I did get the flu, as in influenza. Mm-hmm. But you got your flu shot. I did get my flu shot, and I am still a big advocate of flu shots because even though I, as I've said before, you still can get the flu if you get the flu shot. It's not 100% effective. I ha- it, The flu can be really bad for pregnant people. And uh, while I was very sick this week, I think you can attest, I was not hospitalized. Yay. Uh, I did not have any severe complications mm-hmm. and I am on the mend. So uh, I still, I still feel there's benefit in getting the flu shot. Um, even if it doesn't prevent the flu, you will probably have an attenuated course, which I think I did. You're so, going to have to find that. Meaning not so bad. Thank you. So I still, I, the flu shot is still worth it. It is not, it is not, this is not a, well, it didn't work. Don't bother. Um, and maybe it'll be more effective next year. Either way, it didn't hurt. Chaboy didn't get it, which I think is 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 notable. You didn't get it, and Charlie didn't get it. Yeah, we both had our flu shots. So. Actually, no one else in the family. What's up now? Just me. Yeah, but you're also supposed to like you're basically doing lines of flu at your job. I was, I was, I was, I actually was doing a week of of inpatient hospital service, meaning I was taking care of people in the hospital right before I got the flu. And I would say at least 50%, if not more of the people I was taking care of had it. So I tried, I wore a mask, I wore gloves, I did everything I could, but it's a hazard of the job. You know, one of the most important things when you've got the flu or, or many, most illnesses, I would say, you know what it is? What's that, Justin? Staying hydrated. Hey, that was a good transition there. Thank you very much. I didn't know how we were going to go there. So I'm glad you found it. Thanks. Uh, you're I'm right. Glad we could stop and and uh, sort of pontificate on it and just sort of think about what a great segue it is, rather than just sort of segueing right in. I'm glad we could sort of note it. I just like to recognize your achievements. My few contributions, you mean? But thank you. <laughs> so water is very important, Justin. Oh, coming hard and heavy. <laughs> yeah, I know that's a controversial statement. Water, water, it matters. Drink it, uh, and. 
obviously staying hydrated is very important. Um, but not just any water, I'd say. Yeah, that's true. When if you go to like a different country, for example, there's there's especially in developing nations, you should it's not good to drink the water there if your guts aren't used to it. That's true. Well, uh, water that has not necessarily been filtered or treated in the same way, you mean? Mm -hmm. That's what I meant. Yeah. So it's important to drink what we would call drinking water. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. This is an informative one already. Or potable water. Potable. Yeah. That means you can carry it around. Well, I like to call it (laughs) drinking water because the the opposite of that would be, I mean, non-drinking water. But you, you could also call that raw water. Yeah. Is the opposite of drinking water. The opposite of drinking water, you say. Raw water is everything but the water you're supposed to drink. Okay. Now, Justin, that leads us to our episode, which is people are drinking raw water. Stop it. So before before we get into this new fad and whether or not it's a good idea. I have a suspicion, but go on. Why don't we talk a little bit about the history of water purification, water filtration? Okay. Uh. So from as long as humans have been drinking water, we have been trying to find ways to filter it and purify it. Now, granted, early attempts were largely based on the way water looked and tasted. We saw mud in the water. We knew we had to get it out. Exactly. A lot of it was to improve flavor or uh, what we would now call turbidity. How how clear, how much how much debris we can clearly see in the water. Turbid water looks it looks dirty. It looks like there's stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Clear water is not turbid. Got it. So uh, whether or not we knew what we were moving, we were just trying to make water look and taste better. And you can find ancient Sanskrit writings which describe methods to basically remove sediment from drinking water. Um, again, we didn't know about germs. We were just trying to make it look nicer because that seemed better and it would taste better and smell better. Um These early methods were also used in India and Egypt and Greece, and they were pretty much basic filtration. A lot of the early filters were sand filters. Like it's filtered through sand? Yep. You just filter the water through sand and what comes out the other end looks and tastes better. And is Because a lot of stuff got stuck in the sand. Okay. Yeah. So. I mean, it's pretty rudimentary, but I guess it's better than nothing. Yeah, I, I would make the case it's better than nothing, for sure. Uh, there was there were also gravel filters, and there were even attempts to boil water. Attempts? I mean, I, well, I mean, I, I mean, they succeeded in boiling water. I was gonna say, like, but <laughs> I don't understand. No, they they succeeded in boiling water, but again, without knowledge as to why that would be beneficial. Okay. Because you're talking about something very different. You're not removing visible sediment from water by boiling it, right? Right. You're doing something else to it. Yeah. But they didn't know what they were doing to it. They just knew it tasted and looked better if, if you boiled, boiled it. it. Huh. So you see these early attempts. And I think this is important to, to note right now. There is no history of humans preferentially drinking untreated water. In fact, before we knew we were doing it, we were trying to clean our water. Before we even understood that water could be invisibly dirty. Yes. Uh, the Egyptians even figured out a process called coagulation, which is where you add alum to water, which is basically something that's going to bind other substances in the water to filter it out. So they were adding stuff to the water to bind debris and, 
you know, solutes in there and everything so that they could then filter that out through their sand filters and get even cleaner, clearer water. Okay. So these are pretty advanced techniques that have been around a long time and that we still use in different ways, but we still use a lot of these things today. So these were really advanced. Um, Obviously, this was prior to the knowledge of germs or any kind of chemicals in the water. So again, you knew if you succeeded in filtering your water, if it tasted better, if it looked better, and if it smelled better. If those criteria were met, you felt like you did a good job with the water. Uh, Hippocrates actually invented his own device for this. It was called the Hippocratic Sleeve. (laughs) It was basically just a bag. It's so important to get that trademark on there, though. (laughs) It was just like a bag that you could filter water through, and it it removed a a whole lot of sediment from it. Do you think he called it the Hippocratic Sleeve, or do you think other people, (laughs) historians, did later? I'm going to assume that came later. That he just called it like the sleeve. <laughs> the sleeve. That would be hard to trademark. Yeah, that's true. Sharks. Uh, I want to. Sh- I want to introduce you to the sleeve. The sleeve. It's not a sleeve, like you. You know, like on your arm. It's for water. It's for water. Wait, I'm confused. <laughs> I'm caveman Lori Grenier. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a zero. You don't get my golden ticket. <laughs> Uh, so advances in water filtration, because these were, this was kind of the way people did stuff for a very long time. Um, and we really didn't figure out that we should do other stuff to water until we knew there was other stuff in water that maybe we didn't want to drink, right? We thought we had it all figured out. We feel pretty good about this one. Well, exactly. There was no concept of waterborne illness or chemicals in the water because we couldn't see those. We didn't know what those were. Took us a long time to figure out the germs were a thing. So basically, if you made your water look and taste good. It's good. Great job. You're done. Uh, It wasn't until we got a microscope. When Lewin Hook invented the microscope in the 1600s. And then all of a sudden we saw that there are things. Uh Oh, in our water. That, I bet that's like the last thing you test. Like, I don't want to. I'm fine. I like, don't want to know. I don't want to know. I'm so thirsty. <laughs> and then sure enough, you look in the water and you see all these little things swimming around in there, even if the water is clean, even if the water was clear and low turbidity and all that kind of stuff, you still saw stuff in there. Uh, And this led to more advanced filtration systems being developed in the 1700s. That's where you see people start using things like sponge or wool or even charcoal. Mm, It's a common filtration system. Still use that today. Exactly. Your your bottle. Yeah, there you go. So you start to see these more advanced filters because... We're, again, we're, we might not be, and, and we likely aren't succeeding in some of these cases in removing everything, but we know there's more to remove. Which is a, a good start. Yes, exactly. Uh, in 1804, the first municipal water treatment plant was created in Scotland by a Robert Tom, an engineer, and he used uh, sand filtration, very slow mm-hmm. sand filtration. Um, but this was the first actual water treatment plant the first time where we said you know what it should be more than just people going out collecting their own water and then trying to clean it themselves we should try to clean water from the jump and then provide it to everybody Mm -hmm. let's let's create a water treatment plant and then from there let's create a whole delivery system where we can Send water out to everybody. We got all this clean water. What are we going to do with it? And you see that you see the beginnings of this actually what followed shortly after uh, by a a Simpson in um, the UK in Chelsea, I believe, who started with the first like 
mass delivery water system kind of it all stemmed from there and you see people you know making systems of pipes to deliver water to houses um or well not to houses for the most part yet we're getting there probably but to wells probably to wells and town pumps which is where the next big breakthrough happens with the cholera epidemic in the uk and you may remember we've talked about this story before the broad street pump john snow exactly so you would get your water from a pump somewhere in town I, i'm sorry i didn't give you enough credit for that good job justin oh thank you i could see the disappointment on your face yeah, it's all right it wasn't it, the ones that are named after game of thrones characters tend to stick in your head a little bit better so so water is being delivered largely through these pumps and yes i said he was named after a game of thrones character come at me prove him wrong but other than the obvious way of time right he wasn't the, well history is still mystery history is still a mystery i'm assuming the character on game of thrones is also named Jon snow yeah but he doesn't have the h there so oh well that's pronounced differently yeah john 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 snow uh so he he was the one who traced an epidemic of cholera back to a pump i said it didn't have the a h there pump. and then i let probably let on that i read it there but i'd read it after <laughs> i knew it We've talked about this before. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so I'm we've learned about I remember. this before. Sheesh. Anyway. Everybody get off my case. Jon Snow figured out that cholera was in the water. And he figured out that it was this pump that had been, you know, there, I, I believe it was a woman was watching, washing some dirty diapers in it. In <laughs> good the, good in the, job, lady. Or near the pump. And then the water got sucked you know into what? the I'm system. Sorry. And it you, got infected with cholera. And... You do not need to understand how cholera works. <laughs> to, 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 for somebody to be like, hey. Could you not? Maybe. Could you not? Uh, flush out your dirty diapers, your diarrhea diapers yeah, near the town pump. Diarrhea diapers in the pump? I'm going to make some lemonade for my children. Could you not? So uh, Jon Snow actually proposed after this that maybe these methods of filtration are great, but they're not enough. So he was the one who started to uh, propose adding chlorine to water. The idea that we could put something in there to disinfect water. Right. This is where this this comes from. And this is where we finally make the realization that there is more to water than just tasting and smelling good. There are other factors that we need to address in water. To make it clean or not. Right. And so throughout in the 1890s, these systems start spreading throughout the U.S. as well. And we get better and better methods of filtering the water, of disinfecting the water, things we can add to the water. Um, processes like reverse osmosis and such that anyway just better ways to clean the water get germs out of it um, as well as things like ground chemicals um, it was you know w with the industrial age all of a sudden all of these like natural reservoirs of water you have to wonder like just because they're out there and they look clean and they look pristine, are they really clean? Because our groundwater has been infiltrated by agricultural runoff and industrial runoff and everything. Mm -hmm. So also there are germs, there are bacteria and parasites that live out in these natural sources as well that were there. They predate us. They're, they're not there because we put them there. They're there because they're there. And and so with all of this, we began to have to find other ways to remove that from the water as well. Mm. How do you remove chemicals and runoff and heavy metals and lead and things like that from the water? Also, don't use things like lead pipes that might put it Bad back in, in the water. Yeah. Exactly. 
and you see that the it become it becomes a governmental priority so it's more than just you as a person as a human who needs to drink water you should figure out a way to clean it as we introduce especially the safe drinking water act in the 70s you see this as as a priority we need to find a way to deliver safe clean drinking water to all of our citizens because that's the right thing to do so we we worked on it very hard as a country um and it got clean and that is a pretty short episode Sid. um but i i'm very informative and i can't believe we're at the end well already justin that's not the end of the story ah but before i tell you the rest why don't we head to the billing department let's go Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McRoy fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McRoy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed, but we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat delicious meals right to your door, and not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got, like, fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From, from, from a, a box? Pre-prepared, all I got at two minutes, I'm eating filet mignon. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 
to get 50% off. So, Sid, you had promised me uh, more to this story, even though it seems like we'd reached the 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 denouement, as it were. So, I a lot. I, I, sh- I should have mentioned this at the top of the show. A lot of people have tweeted at us and sent us messages through Facebook and emailed us. Many, many people to talk about this topic. Too, there were too many to mention because I think it's very popular right now, and a lot of people are intrigued by it. So, um, thank you to everybody who sent in you know, who tweeted at us or mentioned it, that we should talk about this. So the concept that things that are unprocessed are better for you is not new, right? Mm-hmm. We, we get that message a lot that um, something that has not, something that is closer to its original form so, is healthier. Naturalistic fallacy. Right. So uh, we've been using these kinds of terms for food for a long time. Raw food is not a strange thing to talk about right. unprocessed food. Um, organic has become synonymous with a lot of these things, even though organic means carbon based. And that's that. That's all it means. <laughs> and we've covered that before, right? Yeah. That's what it means. Yeah. Like we're organic. Yeah. Don't eat us, please. Please. But there you go. Uh, and, and so it, it makes sense that the same kind of theory would become applied to water, that water is better if it's more like it was originally. But the problem is, as we've already covered, there is no evidence that ancient humans were drinking raw water, unfiltered, untouched, unprocessed water voluntarily and loving it and loving it. They've been trying to make water taste better, look better, and be better for them for a very long time. We all have. Um, so, I, you know, this idea of like natural spring water isn't new. There are lots of bottled waters that try to convince you that it's the freshest, cleanest water. Um, the term raw water, on the other hand, is something very different. Like I'm not talking about natural spring water. I'm talking about water that has not been treated or filtered or cleaned in any way poop water it's i mean dirty water could be another word for it yeah not potable water mine was a little more evocative but yours was yeah well i can't guarantee you there's poop in it i'm just telling you there might be there's poop in everything everything's (laughs) got poop there could be there could be poop in it so raw water is straight from a lake a river a stream a spring it could be rainwater that you collect just straight from something, uh, you can you can buy units actually to collect it from the air. That's one that's one of the new companies that have sprung up where you can put these panels all over your house that collect rainwater or collect like if like moisture from the air. It's good to have a rain barrel and do water your garden with it, maybe. Yeah, that's good. And now now you've just come up with a really good practical use for raw water because if you look up the the term raw water, this predates. All of the people who are trying to sell it to you now. Raw water is like toilet water. <laughs> you don't need to drink your toilet water so it can be unprocessed, unfiltered, dirty. It's okay because while it is water, we're using it for something that is not a drinking source. It's the same thing for watering crops. Like you said, if you have a big rain barrel and you use it to collect, you use it to clean, to water your vegetables, that's fine. If you just wash your car, that's fine. Heck, you can use this to bathe in. 
in some cases, you know, just because water that comes out of your shower or bathtub in some places you can't necessarily drink. Right. That's okay. There's a difference. There's drinking water and then there's raw water, which is not for drinking. It's also used for things like settling dust on highways. Hmm. You spray some raw water on the highway to settle the dust. The, these kinds of like industrial and agricultural uses that raw water has been applied to those for a very long time. And it was working fine. Right. Exactly. Um, now, as, as I've said, though, it is specifically not for human consumption. That is that is. Boy, we just keep coming back to that. But it, it <laughs> does seem worth noting that the one differentiating factor is that it is not for drinking. No. It has been. I, I feel like it's become like the heirloom tomato of water. It's like raw water. Yeah. It's straight from, it's it's old. It's straight from old, the source. The way it always water. was. Old water, <laughs> the way it was, the way our ancestors drank Don't it. The way the it was in the formula beginning. formula water? <laughs> but it's, it's just water that could be dirty. There are maybe bacteria, parasites, any kind of industrial contaminants that, that can get into groundwater, heavy metals or lead, any kind of chemicals from wherever are in this water is it, is it, or could be. I mean, it's kind of like rolling the dice kind of adds a little bit of fun, fun <laughs> danger to your day. Who knows? That's true. That's true. Um, <laughs> water, the idea that uh, this water is different than other waters and let's get, and I mean, this is probably obvious, but let's just get down to the root of it, is obviously wrong. Water is H2O. Right. Right. Hydrogen dioxide. The, <laughs> so the thing is two hydrogens and an oxygen. The thing is, whether there's other stuff in there or not, water is water. If you're drinking water, you're drinking water. If the thing you're drinking is not H2O, it's not water anymore. Okay. So there is no source of, there is no kind of water that's more water than water. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the other junk that's in there. Now, the argument that proponents of raw water make is that there are trace minerals because it's straight from wherever and you haven't done anything to try to filter those out or, or to accidentally remove them in the filtering process, I should say. Right. Uh, but the thing is, a lot of these things that your body needs are called trace minerals because you need them in trace amounts and they're present in your foods for the most part. So you don't need to get them from drinking water. It's okay. There are many, many healthy humans who are getting them from food because, and they're not needing to drink dirty water to obtain these minerals. Um, you You certainly don't need to endanger your health and safety to get trace minerals in your diet. Uh, prior to this water filtration process that we have in the U.S., and, and I've kind of alluded to this, um, thousands of people in the U.S. died of waterborne illness. Because the water was dirty. <laughs> exactly. Do you remember how on the Oregon Trail everybody died of, like, dysentery? Yeah. And cholera? Yeah, they were drinking raw water, if memory serves, in that game. A lot of raw water. Exactly. They were drinking raw water. It probably looked beautiful. Yeah, unmarred by the hands of man. Of course, it'd be lovely. Yes. Beautiful, untouched, natural spring water, which naturally has bacteria and parasites in it that could make you very sick. Maybe it doesn't. I'm not saying that every time you drink out of a natural spring or a river or a lake or a stream, you're going to get sick. What I'm saying is you might. 
Um, the vast majority of water in the United States is clean and safe to drink straight from the tap. That's an amazing accomplishment. We've talked before, and I'm going to bring it up again, and then we're going to get angry emails. We've talked before about how fluoride, adding fluoride to our water supply for dental health is one of the major health achievements in the United States. It's considered one of the, one of our biggest health achievements mm-hmm. as a country. Um, our clean water supply is is also considered by the CDC one of our greatest health achievements because most people have access to clean, safe drinking water in their homes or in a nearby well. That's an amazing feat. There are lots of places throughout the world where that is not true. And a lot of people get sick because they don't have access to clean water. And a lot of people die because they don't have access to clean water. And the idea that we would take that for granted starts to seem a little ridiculous, I think. Yeah. Yes, Ed. Yeah. 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 Um, I think I, I, I think a good example of this, we were watching the show The Prophet yeah. with Marcus Limonis, and he was touring Puerto Rico, surveying the damage. And do you remember they found a raw water source that people were, were getting drinking water from? Yes, it was coming from a spring at the top of a mountain. And they had were rigged up like a, a system to get it to pour down so they could uh, drink this, this spring water. Exactly. Because they had no other option. Because they had no water. Because the hurricane. Because the hurricane. And because this part of the United States has still not been properly given attention and money and resources to recover from a devastating hurricane. So these people don't have water. So they're getting water from a natural spring and it looks very clean. But what they discover is there's bacteria in it because just because water looks clean doesn't necessarily mean that it is. That's raw water. E. coli, right? Yes, there was E. coli in it. But but that's, and these are people who have no other option to find water. So, Why would people living in the U.S. who have clean water coming from their tap be opting for something that might be disease causing or even deadly? Well, because it sounds better. Raw water is currently being sold by a couple different companies. There's one called Live Water in Oregon. There's Tourmaline Spring in Maine. There's Zero Mass Water, which is the company that will come install the things on your house so that you can collect moisture, collect your own water. Um, It's selling for a lot. It's pretty expensive, Um, exponentially more expensive than what you're paying for, like in taxes to supply you with clean water from your tap. Mm -hmm. I mean, much, much, much more expensive. It's much, much, much more expensive than bottled water. Um, So like a two and a half gallon bottle of live water sells for $36 and 99 cents. And the places where they're selling it, it's almost always sold out. People are buying this stuff like gangbusters. Stop it. Um, Stop. The founder of Live Water, uh, Mukande Singh, said uh, when when asked kind of why, why, why is this happening? Why are you doing this? What, What is the what is the beauty of this? Said of tap water, you're drinking toilet water with birth control drugs in them. Like, uh, <laughs> and also said, uh, in regards to the fact that we put fluoride in our water, call me a conspiracy theorist, but it's a mind control drug that has no benefit to our dental health. 
So we should drink Brondo instead, probably. Would be to- like from the toilet? Water from the toilet? Right. So these. <laughs> Usually it's so easy not to curse on this show, but come on. Oh, man. Well, when, when Alex Jones would back you up in your assertion that fluoride is a mind control drug, you really need to reevaluate your stance. The thing is, in a lot of these cases, um, and we, we've we've talked about this on the show before in reference to some of the things that like Goop proposes mm-hmm. with Paltrow's health and lifestyle site. If it's if it's just people who have decided that they have the means and they are going to read about it and make up their own minds and they're going to go buy raw water, which is potentially dirty and disease causing, and they're going to pay that much for it and they're going to drink it because they think it's better. Well, I guess you have a right to do that. I don't know why you would, but I guess that's your choice. The problem is that when you start making these reckless assertions about the water supply in our country, you start to scare a lot of people. And you see that with things like the anti-vax movement, where it starts off with a handful of people who are very angrily anti-vaccination. They don't, they're wrong. They don't know anything, but they're very angry. And it starts to create this kind of vague fear and doubt among a lot of other people who don't necessarily hold that position, but who have heard some things that have start to started to make them worry and question. So what you start to do is putting this is put this fear in the minds of Americans who otherwise had no problem with the water supply and who certainly cannot afford to pay $36 for a two and a half gallon bottle of dirty water. You start to make everyone worry and question the water supply. And who's right and who's wrong and what lies are we being told? I mean, the, the truth is this. The U.S. water filtration and delivery system does need help. It's not perfect. No. The EPA has estimated that it would take a $384 billion infrastructure investment to get it up to where it should be. So it's not perfect. I'm not saying it is. We banned lead pipes. Congress banned the use of lead pipes like three years ago. But there's still like 10 million lead pipes out there. Right. And when you look at things like the crisis in Flint, Michigan, where there is contaminate, you know, dirty lead filled water being supplied to the populace and nobody's doing anything about it. Obviously, there are issues. But when you hear these kinds of things, your reaction should not be. So why don't we all just go drink really expensive, dirty water? The reaction should be, why don't we work harder to ensure that everyone has access to clean, safe drinking water the way that the majority of Americans already do? So the solution is not drink dirty water. I just... Certainly not pay an arm and a leg so that you can drink dirty water. I'm somebody who's not... I I want everybody to get along. I want everybody to... to, like. I am someone who has preached for a long time, like... The value of not, like, correcting people when they're wrong and and the value of trying to live in harmony. But, like, I feel like if you hear somebody talking about this nonsense, you have a a burden to to shout them down. Like, they're sowing seeds of distrust in one of the, I'm sorry, very few things that we actually did, like, crush. Like, World War II, Hoover Dam water that's like a bat i mean there's probably a few others that i'm forgetting don't at me but like just 
take that money and deliver it. Why don't you spend that $35 you got to blow on like a donation to a developing nation that doesn't have clean water? And like, is that what maybe that's maybe a better way of spending that money? Like, or anything, or literally setting on fire and snorting the ashes. Like, literally anything. Don't do that. That'd be dangerous. It drives me crazy, Sid. It makes me so angry. I can't take it. It's, it's hard for me to understand the audacity of being lucky enough to have access to clean, safe drinking water all the time. As many, as many Americans do. Most Americans do. And choosing to put yourself at risk. And not only that, that's fine. That's your that's your choice. You want to drink. At least it's not like the anti-vaccination movement in the sense that if you want to personally drink dirty water just yourself, well, you're really putting yourself at risk. No, when I, you don't get your when you don't get your vaccines, you're putting everybody at risk. But when you just decide I'm going to sit here and drink this dirty water and maybe get sick, I guess you're only putting yourself at risk. No, I disagree, because if you buy this crap, then you're putting more money in the war chest of people who are spreading this garbage. That's a fair point. And it's also, it tends to be people who uh, start out with these movements that are very vocal about them, as I said, and they create this this fear and misunderstanding. And I, I, think, it's, I think it's horribly insulting to all the people who every day have to uh, trek miles to the one clean water source within their community to carry it back for their families. People who have... No other option but to drink questionable water because it is the only water and and you can't go without water. So they have to make that decision and, and risk their health and safety and their family's health and safety. It's a, it's a huge slap in the face to all of those humans who that's their daily reality. And you pay $36 for two and a half gallons of dirty water and tell everyone else they should be doing the same thing. Listen, I feel like this one got a little preachy at the end. Just, tr just tr tap water. Hey. You don't even need to drink bottled water. Tap water is usually fine, except when it's not. But like, I drink I, tap water. I've always drank tap water. It's good for I you. I mean, the, we uh, bottled water and the accumulation of plastics in our environment is a whole other issue, whole so we won't get thing. into that. But I, I think, I mean, tap water for the vast majority of Americans is fine and safe. Unless you have been told specifically that your water is that there, you have a boiled water advisory and there's a problem in your community, the water coming out of your tap is fine. But like, even if it's not like, even in cases like like Flint, like you're not that don't definitely drink dirty water. Like that's a, that's not no. a good that's not a good solution to like I don't know if my water is clean. I'm gonna d drink defo dirty water. No, raw water is not the solution. The solution is why don't we all demand that we put money and effort into fixing our infrastructure when it comes to water um folks that's gonna do it for us this week sorry to get so hyped up i just you you read about the you know we can laugh at these historical charlatans but then when you see them in like the day-to-day -day and you look them straight in the eye god it's nauseating Ugh. i thought it was a joke all these people kept saying sydney talk about raw water and i was like i didn't know what they were talking about I so then like i started I reading this and i went what is happening why are people drinking dirty water uh, um so thanks for listening thanks to the taxpayers for letting us use their song medicines as the intro and uh outro of our um program um thank you to you so much for listening we very much appreciate it thanks to max fun network for having us as part of their extended family of podcasts 
And uh, that's going to do it for us for this week. Uh, so until next week, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.